Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. And if you give, give me a like, that would be great. Like the podcast and we'll push it out there to more people. I'm live in St. Louis, Missouri on 97.1 FM Talk every Sunday night, 5 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 9 St. Louis time. So if you're a Vegas listener, you can listen 5 to 7. If you're a St. Louis person just getting to know me, I'm on 7 to 9 Sunday nights. Last Sunday night, I had the privilege of having the company once again of Commander Kirk Lippold, who was the commander of the USS Cole when it was attacked in Yemen 20 years ago. And he weighed in on what was happening in Afghanistan. Now, because this was my last week's show, this was before the massacre of all those brave American men and women who were killed in the suicide bombing. So just know that we're not addressing that. But I wanted him to talk about terrorism and what's happening in our among the military brass. Commander Lippold, welcome back to the Heidi Harris Show. Heidi, thank you for having me back on again, and to all your listeners out there, thank you for your continued support of those who serve to defend our nation. And you and I have been friends for about, what, 15 years? Something like that? At least. <laughs> Long time. You've been kind enough to join me many times on various issues related to terrorism. You certainly understand it firsthand, having dealt with it and lost uh, many of your brave men and women on the USS Cole. Talk to me about what you were, were thinking initially, your initial reactions when you saw what was happening in Afghanistan, the way we left, the kind of slipshod way we left, and, and the things that were created by that. Well, Heidi, I'm going to take a step back for the sake of your listeners and make sure that they understand that the problem that we are witnessing unravel right now in Afghanistan is the result of the failure of actually four presidents. Because believe it or not, Presidents Bush, Obama, Trump, and Biden all failed to address the root cause of what we are witnessing in Afghanistan today. As the Taliban takes over that country, it's the United States' refusal to go to the root cause of why that group exists and has killed Americans, and that's Pakistan. Because let's face it, Pakistan is who gave the Taliban safe haven after we toppled them from power following the 9-11 attacks when they were supporting al-Qaeda. It's been Pakistan who allowed them to recruit, to finance, to get arms transfers, and to then plan and conduct operations into Afghanistan that killed Americans. Now, when you roll forward to today, President Biden owns the decision of how we withdrew from that country, which is why we're seeing the debacle happen today. So when you look at it, this president chose to withdraw in a manner, clearly without consultation with our allies who had invested their blood and treasure there, as well as we. And you also have to look at the fact that he chose to do it, according to some, against the advice of his military and the intelligence community. My only problem with that, Heidi, is, hey, who resigned? Who spoke out publicly? Right. Who decided not to be little acquiescent, quiet admirals and generals and senior intelligence, commi- or, you know, intelligence community officials? None of them. They all stood back, and at the end of the day, they told the president what he wanted to hear instead of what he needed to know, and he moved forward with this decision. And quite frankly, we are going to live with this, the strategic implications of this problem for decades. That's the problem. We're speaking with Commander Kirk Lippold, who was the commander of the USS Cole, and it was attacked in Yemen in 2000. That's the important point, Commander. I mean, when, when our enemies and even our friends are looking at this situation, it's very clear to them that there's no one at the helm of the most powerful nation on Earth. Well, you watched the other day when the president gave his press conference. 
He took total responsibility for the decisions to leave Afghanistan, but he blamed everyone and why all the problems occurred. So he's totally responsible for blaming everyone else. That is not leadership. That is an abdication of leadership at the senior levels of government. And when you have a Secretary of Defense and a Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff that says, we do not have the capability to quickly evacuate Americans out of Afghanistan, nor can we guarantee their safety, what is that really telling the world? That we are so weak and so poor at planning that we can't even take care of our own citizens in a foreign country. And now, in reality, what we're doing, Heidi, is we're, we are negotiating our surrender to the Taliban, a U.S.-designated terrorist organization, and having to trust them that they will let Americans out alive. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. We're speaking with Commander Kirk Lippold, former commander of the USS Cole. You know, it's interesting to me, Commander, too, is that, that yeah, it, it's a disaster with the Taliban. We have a potential disaster hostage situation on our hands. Don't we've got people hiding in hotel rooms, hiding in homes, who are U.S. citizens trying to get out of the country. This is just a mess. Absolutely, Heidi. And actually, what you're seeing right now is that this afternoon, from my sources in the intelligence community and the military and special operations forces, four U.S. citizens were being held captive by the Taliban and had to be rescued by United Kingdom, U.K. paratroopers. So, in reality, we're sitting here trying to make sure that we can get our citizens taken care of and the fact that we're having to rely on a terrorist organization to negotiate with for their safe passage is just unbelievable. It is making us look weak in the eyes of the entire world, and they know it. That's true. China is taunting Taipei. Iran is now enriching uranium to just shy of weapons grade, according to the IAEA, which in fact means they probably already have weapons grade uranium done, and they're getting ready to build a bomb. You have Russia, who is just, uh, Putin has to be sitting back, Heidi, and laughing at us. Yep. Laughing at us. And the problem with all of those is that it emboldens our enemies. You have to remember, when my ship was attacked by al-Qaeda, neither President Clinton nor President Bush did anything in response to the death of 17 sailors and 37 wounded. And as a result, 9-11 occurred 11 months later because bin Laden said, if they are unwilling to do anything for those sailors, they'll be unwilling to protect their own homeland. Right. That's the important thing. We're speaking with Commander Kirk Lippold, former commander of the USS Cole. That is an important point. There are obviously serious concerns that they're already here in sleeper cells. We don't know what the numbers are, uh, and they're just waiting. And now that they're emboldened because they figure we're not going to do anything, what are we going to do if they attack us on our own soil again? I, I can't imagine Biden doing anything. Well, Heidi, this is a, that, that's a great point because here's part of the concern. Everyone's sitting there today, and even at the State Department briefing, you heard the individual say, well, we had to stop some flights because we weren't sure we had all the necessary paperwork. And I'm going, you want to know something? Paperwork is directly driven by some bureaucrat right. sitting in an office in Washington, D.C., at the Department of State or the Department of Defense, who has got no skin in the game whatsoever. And at the end of the day, guess what? Get people out. We will work the paperwork issue later. Why are they so concerned with who we're bringing in, making sure they're vetted, making sure they're having their paperwork, when we are already allowing 
murderers, MS-13 gang members, and terrorists across the southern border unchecked. Right. It is ridiculous. It shows an abdication of leadership by the president. It shows that in reality, the more Democrats seem to be more interested in allowing a voting bloc come in than they are in safeguarding our national security interests by cutting off the border and by let's make sure that who these people are. So if we're going to do it, we do it for everyone not just those we want to have as a new voting bloc. Right, and that's so true because, listen, I, I don't want everybody from Afghanistan getting on a plane. I don't know who these people are. I want them vetted, but you're right. If we're allowing these people to float through the southern border, nobody seems to care who they are. So, yeah, let's be consistent in our policies. So, now you got China obviously moving in. You know what's going to happen, Russia moving in. Pakistan is complicit. Not many people are talking about it, but you're right about Pakistan. So where do we go from here? I mean, if we've lost our strategic interests at this point, because I, a lot of people felt as if, you know, the idea that we were in Afghanistan was just to kind of keep an eye on the Swat Valley or whatever it might be, to keep an eye on the terrorists, okay, fine. But if we leave there completely, then what? What's going to happen with that power vacuum that's created? We know Taliban's going to take over, but how will that hurt us strategically in other ways here in America? Great question, Heidi, because what your listeners need to do is go to a map Look at where Afghanistan sits geographically. It is in what we in the military like to refer to as the arc of instability between China, Pakistan, then you have Afghanistan, and then you have Iran. There will never be any substitute anywhere for eyes on the ground that can get the feel when they're talking to the locals and learn what's going on in the government, see the interaction of what is happening. Watch how the logistics flow through the country. Watch how the movements of the military happen. By us pulling out of Afghanistan because, oh, we've been at war for 20 years, that's, that is a specious argument that holds no weight. And here's why. We've been in a declared state of war over in Korea for 70 years. Right. Are we just going to walk away from Seoul and say, you're on your own, good luck with North Korea and China? but we're tired of having to be there with you guys. We've got 25,000 troops over there today, and yet people are complaining about the 2,500 troops that we had in Afghanistan. Staying engaged in that region of the world in Central Asia has huge strategic implications for the United States. In addition, we have allies in NATO and other countries who also gave up their blood and treasure alongside us following the 9-11 attacks that we didn't even really consult with before we pulled out. And for the president to stand up there and saying, I'm getting no pushback from our allies, <laughs> that is a bald-faced lie, or he is being lied to by his senior leadership at the Departments of State and Defense. Yeah, and probably... I'll tell you right now, I hope he has the wherewithal to either fire them or the American people have the wherewithal to realize that the President of the United States is now making a political calculation with the lives of Americans and the national security interest of our country that this will all be forgotten by the 2022 elections and certainly by 2024. Remember, and mark my words, Heidi, American lives will be lost because of how we are dealing with Afghanistan Today. Yeah, that's the important thing. We're speaking with the commander, Kirk Lippold. Uh, even for those who don't think we should be there, there had to be a better way to do this. I mean, I, I've heard people say the best way to get people out is to get out the citizens out first, then you get the equipment out, then you leave. And we didn't do any of that correctly. 
Well, you, you've got to remember, Heidi, and this is something that has kind of bothered me ever since I retired in 2007, is that when you stand back and look at the senior military leadership, they're more concerned with their connections in Washington, D.C., right. than their actual competence in the field. They're part of what I call now the grifter class. Because let's face it, for 20 years, all these retired admirals and generals and political officials that have been in and out of administrations have profited in billions of dollars for themselves. They have enriched themselves, and they have enriched their country companies by allowing the United States to continue to get engaged in a conflict in Afghanistan without solving it with Pakistan. And they knew it. And these grifters continue to want to manipulate this situation to make money off of it when they knew they should have done better. And it's just stunning to me that we have allowed this to go on. It is time to hold these senior military officers accountable for what they've done. I mean, show me one today that has resigned in protest, and yet 20 years of our national security interests bled out in thousands of lives. And you're going to tell me there was no military officer that didn't stand up and want to go public and say this president is wrong in the decisions they're making? Right. I mean, seriously, I find that unbelievable. And yet the good old boy club of grifters seems to want to stick together to make money while we, the Americans, pay the price. Isn't that so true, Commander? A lot of times you see people, they get to the Pentagon. After that, they'll do whatever they have to to get out of there, get an extra star or whatever, get their retirement. They're just not going to do anything that steps out of line at that point. Well, and that's part of the problem, is that when 80% of the retired admirals and generals go to work for the defense industry, what's that really telling you? And the example that I love to use with the Navy, Heidi, is, hey, look, in World War II, we had 4,000 ships and fought that war to victory with 100 admirals. We broke the back of the Soviet Union with just shy of 600 ships, and we did it with 125 admirals. Today, I'm a Navy of around 292 ships, and yet I have over 400 admirals and senior civilians running the Navy. What's wrong with that picture? It is a it's what I call the bureaucratic self-licking ice cream. It is, it is just unbelievable. A lot of suits. A lot of suits, Commander. A lot of suits and a lot of stars. And the problem is you just got a lot of three- and four-star politicians instead of competent naval officers who know how to take a ship to sea, fight, and win. Yeah. And the same for the people on the ground. These, these generals need to start getting engaged and realize, hey, D.C. isn't what matters. Those troops in the foxhole are what matters. Absolutely. What do we need to do to take care of them? Because these brave young men and women that are working right now 24 hours a day to try and get everyone flown out of Afghanistan and do it safely, they deserve all the credit in the world. All these admirals and generals back in Washington wondering when their next Manny Petty appointment is going to be are not the ones that we actually need going. We need some competent combat leadership at the senior levels of the military that will tell the president what he needs to know, not what he wants to hear. That's true. We're speaking with Commander Kirk Lippold, former commander of the USS Cole when it was attacked in Yemen. You're killing me, but, but you're right about a lot of this. That's for sure. That's why I always love talking to you. So now, are we going to send more troops back in? There's talk now of sending a bunch of troops in to to get everybody out. I mean, what a cluster, and I'm cleaning that up for the air. What a cluster, Commander. I, I think, unfortunately, Heidi, if we are going to actually safeguard American lives, we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to get people in there, because when you have the British, the French, and even the Germans 
going out beyond the airport to get their citizens back to the airport safely, but we won't do it. How can we be claimed to be the most capable military military in the world, and yet we are so risk-averse that we might get someone killed that we aren't going out into town to get our citizens safely into the Kabul airport to come out? That right right there is the signal that we're sending. Oh, we're risk-averse and we're afraid. And that is the wrong signal to be sending. Right. And we need to get them out before they're held hostage. It's a lot more dangerous, obviously, to get any hostages out once it gets to that point. We've got to get in there and get these people out of there as quickly as possible. Commander Kirk Lippold, always a privilege to talk to you, sir. Check out his website, kirklippold.com. Get his book, Front Burner, about the attack on the USS Cole and the aftermath of that attack and the inaction by Washington. It was taken for years to get the bad guys who attacked the ship. Commander, always a privilege. Thank you for being here. Always great to be on, Heidi. Thank you. And again, thank you to your listeners because you're the ones that truly allow those young men and women to serve our great nation and defend our freedom every day. That's true. Great information. And once again, that conversation was held before we lost so many of our brave men and women in that suicide bombing. It is a debacle. Biden has blood on his hands, and I think we all know that. You can check out KirkLippold.com for more information about him, his book, Front Burner, which is excellent about what happened with USS Cole and what didn't happen afterwards. Uh, You can check that out, KirkLippold.com. Don't forget to check out my website, HeidiHarris.com, where I post these podcasts, put up videos and blog posts, all kinds of things at HeidiHarris.com. I'm on Facebook, Heidi Harris Show, Twitter, Heidiology, but I'm using Facebook much less now because of the trigger brats running it who will take down anything I put up that's actually substantive. <laughs> Don't forget to join me Sunday evening, 7 to 9 p.m. in St. Louis, 97.1 FM Talk. My live show airs every Sunday night. That's 5 to 7 Vegas time. If you're still somebody from Vegas who likes to tune in, you can find a button to listen live right at HeidiHarris.com at the top of the page. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. Scottwell.